0: Hi, I'm Liz from Liz Gets Loaded. That's the money kind of loaded, but this is the show where I sit in my closet, drink wine, and talk about money and anxiety. I have both. Hey, hi. What I have today is my own personal holiday budget. So what I'm planning on spending, or we as a household of two adults are planning on spending for Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And I was thinking about this episode today and about how it's just a really illustrative example of what this specific podcast is about, which it's not really a how-to guide. It's not like, hey, here's how to set your holiday budget or like, here's how to save money on your holiday budget. It's just, hey, here's what I'm doing. And I just thought that was interesting because there's a lot of how-to guides out there. And I would say Inside Out Money, which is the other podcast that I am on and am a co-host for, is is much more of a how-to. And then Liz gets loaded. The podcast isn't just like, hey, here's what I'm doing. <laughs> it's not really by design. It's just kind of how it turned out. Although I do really want to do uh, mistakes people make during open enrollment slash with employee benefits in general, because I think that I have made all of these mistakes. So again, I guess that still just kind of comes from like, hey, here's what I'm doing or have done. So anyways, today I have... My own budget, like how I'm budgeting for the holidays. And then, if you want to stay tuned to the end of this episode, I have two updates related to two of my most popular episodes. Get excited for that or don't. Either way, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's what it does. The whole point I was just making. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do, which is tell you about my holiday budget and then tell you two things about my most popular episode. And then you make your own choices from there. Okay. So, I am recording this on October 29th in the evening. be posted October 30th in the morning. So just before Halloween, I thought I would include my Halloween budget in this too. And in part, because I really found myself wanting to spend money on Halloween this year and then sort of talking myself out of it and being like, you, you literally don't need that. That's a waste. Don't do that. So I'll talk about candy, decorations, and costumes. Let me start with candy. That's easy. Y'all, I went to Costco twice recently and I was like, oh yeah, well, I'll there, while I'm there, I'll get Halloween candy. And I didn't see it and I didn't look that hard but I just assumed it's October and it would be right out in front where I would see it. But either they didn't have it or I missed it. So I didn't buy my Halloween candy at Costco and I was kind of annoyed by that because I think that that's the best place to buy it. But I did just buy it at another like local grocery store and I bought it one big bag of, it was all chocolate. It was a big bag. I can't remember how many pieces right now I want to say it's like 300 pieces of candy. And I think Halloween candy is one of those things. I had no idea how much it costs because I always buy it while I'm buying other things. But that bag was $35 and that seemed really high to me. I would have expected it to be $20. I'm not very good at prices and like knowing how much things cost. I have other skills and I definitely have other financial skills, but I was... I was surprised by that. And I don't think, again, I don't, I'm not sure I've ever bought Halloween candy just on its own, but I went and I actually went to the pharmacy and then I bought Halloween candy on the way out. So it really was like the only thing I bought. So that's why I was kind of paying more attention to how much it cost. So I hope I get a lot of trick-or-treaters. We got a good amount last year. We don't live in the kind of neighborhood where you just get mobbed nonstop, but we live in a neighborhood where there is a very respectable amount of trick-or-treaters. Like I've lived in the past in places where you get none, right? Like when you live in a. High-rise apartment building, for example. Not so much with the or traders. In any case, I'm excited. So, 35 for candy, and then we also do the potato thing. Have you heard about the potato thing? It's very fun. I don't know where it came from. This is not our idea. We totally took it from somewhere else. Like, I just—it's a meme. It's a thing floating around on the internet. And basically, when kids come up, you have your candy bowl, and then you put like one potato in the candy bowl, and the kids can choose. Like, do, you know, you can take candy or you can take this potato, and it is so funny. I didn't think it was going to be funny I was like this is going to be really dumb and no one's going to want the potato and it's not going to be funny and this is just not going to go overall no it people thought it was hilarious like the kids just got such a kick out of it (laughs) and without fail. So a lot of kids chose potato. A lot of kids chose candy. The kids who chose potato like ran back to the sidewalk to their parents. Like I got a potato and it's so cute and so funny. So my point was just that $3 for candy. Nope. $35 for candy, $3 for a bag of russet potatoes that I hope will be enough. Cause I think we ran out of potatoes last year before we ran out of candy. Okay. That's Halloween candy costume. I did a totally free costume just to dress up at work this week for our Halloween party in the office and it was a completely last minute decision. I wasn't going to dress up as anything, but then that morning I was getting dressed and it came to me and I dressed as a 2010 fashion blogger. I wish I could show you a picture of this, but imagine like wide brimmed hat, a blanket scarf, like a true blanket scarf, like a king size comforter, blanket scarf, huge earrings, a shirt, like like the those tank tops that are really long that have lace straps and lace around the waistband, but the waistband actually comes like past your butt, um, a green utility jacket, skinny jeans, ballet flats with little cap toes. So it was free. And I thought about, I kept thinking like, oh, I can't really think of anything clever. Maybe I'll just buy one of those, you know, one piece things that you pull on that you're like a penguin or a dog or something silly. And I didn't, and I was glad I didn't. I felt like my costume was free. It was funny. It was sustainable, right? I didn't buy anything new. I felt good about that. And then for decor for Halloween, I've talked about this a bunch of times. We have permanent holiday lights on our house. So we just have them that we'll turn them on to purple and orange on Halloween. And I can't tell, I mean, I picked things up and like put them in the cart and then put them back. I was like, Oh, maybe we should get a big spider web. Maybe we should get a skeleton. Maybe we should get like a, like kind of a big light that shines on our house and shines the shadow of bats or ghosts or something because I will say in our neighborhood people don't knock on every door like they just tend to go to the ones where you can clearly see the light on or someone's out front or they're really decked out for Halloween so I kind of wanted something to be like over here (laughs) like come to my house and trick-or-treat please because I love seeing your costumes you're so cute so I kept wanting to buy something like that and then I didn't because I wanted to attract more trick-or-treaters and then also I feel like people are really going all out with their Halloween decorations this year. Here, and it's really fun to see. And I had a little jealousy, a little keeping up with the Joneses, a little keeping up with the Adams family, with the Frankensteins, as it were. But I didn't. Again, I just felt like it's not a thing you need. It's not sustainable. You're just going to buy like another piece of plastic that you're going to use once a year. Don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. And I didn't see anything I loved anyways. If I'd seen something I loved, then I would have. But so my total budget for Halloween $38, $35 for candy, $3 for potatoes, and that's it. I feel really happy about that next holiday, Thanksgiving. I don't know. The budget might be like $30 or the budget might be $3,000. Oh, This is um a little, a little hard to talk about, but uh, okay. So we had decided the two of us that we weren't going to travel for Thanksgiving or Christmas. We were like, we're going to stay home. We have a dog who is older and has been having some health problems. And I was like, I just don't think we can leave him with a dog sitter. He can't travel. So like we are just home for these holidays and that's the way it's going to be. Okay. Now it looks like his last days are are probably coming sooner than later. So the the reality is that like, he's more than likely not going to be here for Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is just heartbreaking. And it means though that we could go somewhere. So we haven't decided for Thanksgiving. Like my thought is we're either going to Still stay home, stay in town. Like that was our plan already. And I'm actually completely happy to stay around. We would go to someone here in town, Thanksgiving dinner, and bring like a bottle of wine and a side dish. So, budget $30. Or I was looking today at spending that week in Mexico on the beach, and flights and hotel would be, I think, just under $3,000 and then leave some budget for going out to eat while we're there. So, a little budget for tacos and margaritas. And I was like, I mean, I feel like I've been feeling really, I don't even know the word, in a funk, grouchy, off. I kind of feel like saying that way makes it sound like it's on me. Like I've just been a funk. Like things have been happening, right? Um, Our dog has been very sick. I have a a good friend facing a very serious illness. Things have been, there's a lot going on at work. There's a lot going on in the world and in the news. And so I don't think it would be too self-indulgent to go to Mexico for a week. I haven't decided If I had to guess, it's a no, but it's not a hard no yet. So that's my budget for Thanksgiving. And then for Christmas, same thing. We were originally going to stay home. And stay local. We may end up traveling to see family. I I'm a little spooked from last year. I don't know about the rest of you, but last year was when that huge snow apocalypse hit Snowmageddon. I can't remember what you we were calling it, but there was a massive snowstorm. I mean, I remember sitting at the airport watching CNN on the TV, like in the lounge, and Pete Buttigieg, like our Secretary of Transportation, was on TV talking about how like the federal government was responding to this weather situation. It was it was a big thing. And And it was when Southwest Airlines had their massive, massive meltdown. And I know people who got stuck and it was such a mess. And when I just think about Christmas travel, that's the thing too, when I think about Thanksgiving travel, I'm kind of the same. I'm like, oh, can we just go another time? So that's kind of my thought pattern around that. We may or may not travel. Again, if I had to guess, I would lean towards no. For Christmas, the buckets I think about are travel, gifts, food, decor, and holiday cards. So travel's a little bit up in the air. Gifts? My family is pretty big on gifts, and every effort anyone in my family has tried to make to say, let's pull it back on gifts this year. Like, let's tone it down. Maybe we should all go on a trip. Maybe we should make a donation. Maybe we should just limit the number of gifts we get each other. It, it never works. It's never successful. I'm not saying that's like the best way to do it in the world, but it's what works for our family. And we are big on exchanging physical material gifts. And I like it because <laughs> I get to make a list. I usually end up getting a lot of the things that are on that list. And then it's really nice. I was, I think I put really extra long iPhone cables on my list last year. And I was just thinking last night as I went to plug in my phone, man, this thing is really convenient. I'm really happy that I have this. I'm trying to think of what else. My sister one year (laughs) got me what she thought was like a very small tchotchke, like a little figurine of a dog, um, sort of sitting and meditating, like sitting crisscross meditating. And she, I opened it and she was like, yeah. So I thought it was like six inches. No, it's, it's huge. It's like at least a foot wide, probably almost a foot tall, if if not actually a foot tall, And I love it. And it sits in a guest bathroom. And I think it's so funny. And I think about her when I look at it. And I just, I think it's great. So I'm not opposed to like a very material (laughs) gift giving Christmas. I feel like that's not a very fashionable thing to say, but I like it. I think it's more in style these days to talk about giving the gift of experiences, which I also enjoy. And I love getting like restaurant gift cards, museum passes, that kind of stuff. But I also really enjoy the experience of owning that little meditating dog statue you. So it's a memory, especially the fact that she thought it was so small. (laughs) It's a good story. It's a good memory and it makes me happy. But in any case, we're big on gifts on my side of the family. And then on the other side, we it's usually like we would just send one thing to like each sibling and spouse and parents. And so it's not not quite as big. But I would say overall, I budget around $1,000, maybe $1,200 for gifts. And I tried to look it up before I recorded this. Just, I, you know, don't quote me on this because you know I'm big on not using false statistics. But a, a quick Google search told me like the average family spends around $700 total on Christmas, including like travel, food, gifts, decor, Etc. So I think my gift budget is probably higher than average. But again, that's just the tradition in my family. So that's the way we do it. Okay, that's gifts. Travel, we talked about gifts, we talked about decor. Last year, I kind of forgot to budget. Like I had a bunch of money in my budget for Christmas and I didn't think about budgeting. I, I bought some new decorations last year. So I bought new wreaths for the front door and I bought a new fake Christmas tree and a bunch of decor for that. My Christmas tree looked so. So good last year. I I will find a photo. It's like, I got kind of fancy with it. So every other year, well, I have some years we've had multiple trees. And so then I'll do kind of one that's a little more like a fashion tree. And then one that has all the ornaments from when we were kids. And this year I did like a really, what I would call a fashion tree, meaning it's just, it's decorated, not sort of randomly <laughs> with like all of the random ornaments that you've ever gotten that have sentimental value, but with a bunch of matching ornaments. And then I did a ribbon on it and I watched YouTube videos to, to understand how to make the ribbon like look like it's kind of flowing around the tree. And it, it looked so cool. I was very excited about this tree, but the tree and the ornaments and the wreaths and I, uh, I bought a little wicker tree skirt situation. And I think I got a few other things. Anyways, all of that together was about $500 last year and I hadn't really budgeted for it. And it was fine, but I was, I was kind of annoyed at myself because I also hadn't really kept in, I, I had budgeted basically just for gifts and I hadn't thought about decor and I hadn't thought about cards, which is a big expense for us. So decor this, this year, I think it's going to be low. Like I feel really good about everything that we own, but I think we're going to pencil in maybe a hundred dollars to buy some secondhand Christmas decor stuff. I went to a thrift store a couple weeks ago, not to look at holiday decor, but while I was there about this cute little Christmas tree, it's small. It's maybe a foot and a half tall. It's in a little burlap thingy at the bottom. I bought a little red vase that was right next to it, which I don't even know if this is a Christmas vase. I think it's just like a red and white vase, but it looks Christmassy. And I felt good about that because they were both really inexpensive and purchased secondhand. So environmental impact is low, more sustainable. And they had so much cool stuff. So I think I might just scratch that itch that I always feel every year. I go into the stores and I'm like, oh, I want that glass tree or I want, oh, I was looking at Costco at at these light up deer that you put in your yard was very tempted by those. It was three big, like life size deer for two hundred dollars or something, I didn't buy that. <laughs> So I'm going to try to stick to only say an and and then maybe shop a few after Christmas sales and pick up a couple things. But I always, I say that every year and then don't do a good job of doing that. So that's decor. Last thing on my list is cards. And we spend a lot of money on our holiday cards. Always have, always will. We use Minted, minted.com and they just have, they make it really easy and they make them really pretty and they look really nice. And we do a photo card and so we have pictures of us and the pets and it's, It's not. One thing I do like about our holiday card, I think a lot of people who send photo cards, and I like these too, but they're very posed. It's like, oh, I hired a professional photographer, and we went out in a field, and we all wore earth-tone clothes, and here's a bunch of pictures from that photo shoot, and then that's on the card, and then you mail it out. And ours is definitely more like, here is just a bunch of random snapshots from the whole year. So it's a little bit less polished, but I think it's fun. Like it It feels very authentic to us. We've been doing it for a long time, and and I really like it. I will say I really like using minted. The cards look so nice. They will print all your addresses on the envelopes that that looks so nice. Like the designs are just really beautiful. It is so expensive. <laughs> now we make choices that make it more expensive. So a lot of the cards you get around the holidays these days, it's just like it's one piece. I don't know how to say this. It's like a card, right? So it's pictures on one side and then maybe a little message on the back side. We do a folding card. So like there's something on the front, you open it up, there's something on the inside and then there's something on the back. So that's more expensive of itself. I like Love cards that have foil on them, like the shiny gold or silver foil accents. That always costs more. And then as you check out, they totally get it's like, oh, for just like $30 more, you can do colored envelope, like red envelopes instead of just the plain white envelopes. I'm like, yeah. And it's like, oh, for $40 more, we'll put your return address on it. And I'm like, yeah. And I so so there's a way to do it, and there's a way to order through minted that is much more reasonable, but I do not do that. What I might do next year, because I just noticed that they have this option, is you can make a card and then put a little qr code on it and then that qr code will like go to a site that's hosted by minted and then they you can put little videos or more photos or whatever on the website and i was like oh maybe we'll do that next year to save some money so we'll just do the front and the back and then have a qr code but i don't feel like i have my life together enough this year to get away from our usual plan. And also this is not sponsored by Minted. That's just who I've used. I've used other services and they are the nicest that I've used. I might try to reach out to them though and see if I can get, there's probably even just a referral code. Like when I log in to my own account, I'll see if I can get like a discount code or something and post on Instagram because I really do love them. They have really good customer service. I am generally a fan, but our cards end up being with all of that. Like I said, with the foil and with the special envelopes and with everything, it's like $500. And they usually have coupon code. Like they're, you know, they're one of those companies that's kind of like always running a deal. So maybe the total was like four something, but I'm pretty sure it's been four something the last few years. And then the other thing that I always forget is postage. And it's like, we send out about a hundred cards and then mailing a card is like 50 cents. So that's another $50 in postage. But that's like one of the most fun parts about it. Cause I like to, okay, I really take my holiday card seriously. So I go to the post office and see what kinds of holiday stamps they have. And then I get a variety. And then each person that we send it to gets a stamp based on what I think they would like the most. (laughs) So most people who have kids, they get a Santa stamp. I had some really pretty wreath stamps that I just thought were so classy. So everyone we know who I thought was kind of the most stylish got the wreath stamp because I thought that was the most stylish stamp. And then we've gotten ones that are little otters in the snow. So anyone I know who really loves animals gets like an otter in the snow. And I mean, it just depends. It's just very fun picking out a stamp for each person. If you are listening to this and you were on my holiday card list, just know that I picked out that stamp just for you. Anyways, it's really fun and I really like it. And we write a, a handwritten note on each one. That's another thing. I mean, I'm happy to get a Christmas card from anyone, but the ones where like, there's not even a name handwritten on it, where it's just like, here's a printed picture of us on the front. And then kind of, it's already like pre-printed, like love so-and-so. It feels a little bit like a press release to me. I mean, it's hard getting cards out. And like, I don't, again, I'm so happy to get any holiday card. I love them. I hang them all up in my house, make me so happy. I'm not criticizing you if you send out your cards that way. We all only have enough time to do a, a limited amount of things, but I take my cards very seriously. And so, and they're like a big thing. And like I said, we've been doing this for years and having like a ton of pictures, a ton of like sort of candid pictures, writing a note on each one, picking out a stamp for each person. That is the way that I, that is the level of service I like to provide with my holiday cards. But I also love, so funny how much it's changed over the past however many years, but I do love when I just get in the mail, like a really old school Christmas card. Like my mom used to just go buy a box of Christmas cards or several boxes from Target or wherever. And then you would just write a note on the inside and mail them to everyone you knew. The photo card is now such the standard. And I love getting photos of everyone, but I do love everyone's. We get, a, we get a couple, I would say maybe we get like three or four of kind of the old school of just, I just, you know, bought these at Target and now I'm saying, and that's what I did. You know, that's what I did back in the day before custom photo cards became so accessible, but anyways. Okay. I have been talking for a long time. I level my budget for Halloween $38. Thanksgiving, it's going to be like $30 or $3,000. Haven't decided yet. And then Christmas. If we don't travel, I think we're looking at around two thousand dollars. I've got eighteen fifty budgeted, so twelve hundred for gifts, five fifty for cards and postage, hundred dollars for decor, and then of course it depends. We might go to one of those outdoor light shows or something. That I'll, I'll pad that by an extra hundred fifty bucks. But I think that's what we're looking at. If I were the, if I were doing a how to episode, if I was trying to tell you how to budget, I would probably say to just look at years past. If you track your spending, that's the easiest way to do it. What have we done in the past? It's probably going to be about that. Add a little extra every year. Okay, that's that. Episode is long, so if I hadn't promised it already, I would probably skip this. But I did promise you two updates from previous episodes from two of my most popular. So my most popular episode, I'm pretty sure I don't have it in front of me. If it's not number one, then maybe it's number it's number it's number one or number two. Is I think the title is something like "My Drinking Habits Get Shamed by a Book," and I was talking about I read two books about not drinking. One's called "The Naked Mind," and one is called "Quit Like a Woman." And I thought that both of those books made some good points, but they didn't. totally resonate with me. You can go back and listen to that episode you want to. And that was a few months ago and I am candid about enjoying alcohol. The podcast is, you know, Liz gets loaded, not Liz stays hydrated, but it is intended to be a double entendre. Like Liz gets loaded, like rich loaded, Liz gets loaded, like wine loaded. I actually literally never get wine loaded. (laughs) I don't like being drunk at all. I can't even remember last time I would, I was what you would call drunk. I do. Well, so back when I recorded that episode, I was like, I usually have like one to two drinks most nights. It's usually one. It was usually one or two. Occasionally it was zero. It was almost never more than two. And one of the things I talked about in that episode was like a big rule for me is like after a first drink, just sort of stop and think like, do I want to be any drunker than I am right now before getting a second? And after reading those two books, I decided to take that like a little bit more seriously and even just kind of wait, like, okay, I'm just going to like wait 10 minutes and then see if I still want one. And um, usually I don't. So I have been cutting back in general. And then for October, I decided, um, I definitely didn't do a sober October, but I decided to do a more sober. October, which you know really can be anything you want, it's just any level of like drinking less than you usually do. And so, I'd been using this app for the last few months because I kind of wanted to make sure I was keeping myself honest with the amount that I was drinking. And I was looking back at the past few months, and the lowest month I'd had was August. And so, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna try to just do the same as I did in August, and I'm on track to do that. I wasn't like It wasn't that hard. I mean, I was kind of mindful of it, but it wasn't super tough. The interesting thing about that is in August, so I'm on this thing lately where like, if I'm going to have one drink at night, I drink literally exactly one ounce of gin, which is not even a whole drink. Like when I put it in the app, it's like, okay, that's 0.7 drinks. And I know it's like so little, it's like, I could just skip it, but I do enjoy it. And it does. Anyways, there's reason you can go back and listen to that episode if you really want more of my thoughts on drinking. But anyways, in August I was having like kind of one of those, like almost every day. And then in October we actually had like a bunch of stuff going on. Like we were going to see live shows and we were going out to dinner. I went to a wine tasting event. I was out of town for a weekend. Like there was just a lot going on. And so I had a lot more days where I was having like two. Um, And so I was looking at my dry days, my zero alcohol days, and I was at 10, which is a lot for me. I'll just say you are allowed to have whatever feelings or judgments about that, that you like, but that is just me being probably too honest about that anyways the thing number one thing number two so one of my other most popular episodes it was a more recent one and it was called let's see oh yes it was called no half of people making 100k don't really live paycheck to paycheck and it was me just going on a bit of a rant about how there are a lot of misleading statistics that get floated around and specifically i'm very interested in the ones about many you just listen to that one if you haven't but i just get frustrated there's this thing going around like it's kind of like a long time ago people would be like half of all marriages end in divorce when you look at it. It's like, that's not really true. Same with, I just see this one all the time. Like half of people making more than hundred K are still living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like, Oh, that's not totally accurate. And I listed a few other statistics. And then I saw one this week that, you know, you read something and you're like, if, if you read it and you're like, that can't be right. It's, pro- it's probably not right. Or it's like technically true, but there's more context behind it. And so I saw this one this week and it said 93% of people who buy houses, of homeowners regret buying their house. 93% of homeowners regret buying their house. And I was like, that. Is very interesting. I'd be so curious to read the actual study. So the study was cited. So I went to read the actual thing. They didn't totally disclose all the questions, all the methodology, but they did share enough for me to understand that basically, what it, the way I think they phrased this question, they surveyed some number of people who bought a house in the last year and said, which of these things do you regret? Like spending too much for your house, not accounting for maintenance, buying something too big or too small, you know, not buying in the right neighborhood. Something right. Like here's a list of things that. That, like you might regret, like check all that apply or check. I don't have any regrets about buying my house. And only 7% of people checked the, like, I have zero regrets about buying my house. So I, in my opinion, <laughs> that it's a little bit of a leap to go from 93% of people express regret over some part of the home buying process and experience to 93% of homeowners regret buying their house. Like I could go back, you know, I love the house that we live in. I, I love this house. I do sometimes think like, Oh, we did spend a lot of money on it. And it is a lot of maintenance. And like maybe I would have even bought down the interest rate a little bit more if I'd known what kind of interest environment we were going to end up in. But that's not the same as I regret buying that house. I wish we hadn't bought that house. That's totally different. So... I guess the update is just uh, still happening. I made a, I made a podcast episode about it. I don't know why everyone didn't stop doing it once I pointed out that uh, we shouldn't be sharing statistics like that, but I just thought that was interesting. There's something to be aware of, some be on the lookout for. I'll, I'll try to keep an eye out and share those as I see them, but. And I'm not calling that person out. Like the point was to make a really good point. The point of sharing that network was to make like a really excellent and extremely valid point, which was that homeownership is not the ticket to financial freedom and life satisfaction that some people might make it out to be. And that point totally valid. So, okay. That's all I got. A little bit of a long one, but thanks for sticking with me. If you enjoyed this episode, you would share it with a friend. Maybe if you share your holiday budget with another person. Oh man, I should have said it earlier. You probably most of y'all know, but that all of those budget numbers are for a household of two adults. No kids, of course. Um, if you also share your household holiday budget with another adult or multiple adults, maybe you could share this episode with them. You talk about it. You can also subscribe. You can leave a review. Ooh, if you're listening on Spotify, there's a little poll that you can answer. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you could leave a written review. This is usually the part where I would read one, but this episode's too long. I gotta go. You gotta go. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week. If you have any thoughts, shoot me a DM. You know where to find me. Okay, bye.